Hello, and welcome to the Woodard Report podcast, where we empower business advisors to transform businesses. This podcast is your source for information and news you need for your accounting, bookkeeping, or tax practice. And it is proudly sponsored by Expensify, the expense management app that does it all for every business. For more information about Expensify, please visit woodard.com slash podcast. And now your hosts, Joe Woodard and Heather Satterley. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Water Report podcast. I am absolutely thrilled to have Michelle Mitchell from Mitchell Consulting joining me today. And we're talking about a super important topic today. We're going to be talking about uh, gender parity and women in accounting and what we have been doing, what we should be doing, and what we can do as an individual to really help push the needle on that. And it's such an important conversation. We've seen you and I were just talking before we jumped on, Michelle. We've seen huge strides, but we still have a long way to go. And we all have to really be, uh, you know, keeping this top of mind and doing what we can. So I want to start by kind of informing all our listeners about the goodness that you're bringing to our community. I mean, you've been all over the place. Um, and can you talk a little bit about Mitchell Consulting and what you're passionate about in the accounting industry and what you've been doing? Sure. Uh, So I am the founder of Mitchell Consulting, and um, our our vision is to create financial freedom for women entrepreneurs, primarily, by bridging the gap in their knowledge to create confident CEOs. Um, And, you know, it is a passion of mine to help women because women impact the next generation. And when your children are watching you, they are gaining the small little intricacies of empowerment because you're their mother and you run your own business. So uh, that's what I love to do. I love that. And I know you have created uh, an educational program that you teach through Mitchell Consulting to help women entrepreneurs really gain that financial literacy and be able to push, kind of achieve their goals and actually take control of their business rather than what we've seen. And both of us are women entrepreneurs. And I know when I first started out, my my business had control over me rather than the other way around. And and you were really (laughs) passionate about, you know, putting the women in the driver's seat and really, you know, taking control of that. Can you talk a little bit about that program and what you've seen working with these women? Sure. So Passion to Profit was created out of my journey as, you know, a solopreneur in the accounting space, you know, providing services to small business clients and my evolution and leadership growth. And because of that evolution and leadership growth, this program was developed because what I see with small business owners is that um, they come to their accountants either for compliance or they come to us, you know, to make the numbers look right. But we can't make the numbers look right if some of the foundational pieces are not in place in your business, like your vision, mission, and purpose, which is one of the pillars of Woodard, you know, so we are very much in alignment with that. And once you know those things about your business, then we can start talking about ideal services and ideal pricing and things like that. But my heart is really 
to increase confidence in women entrepreneurs and how they run their businesses. So just giving them a little piece of like the operational side of business or how to how to host an effective sales call, how to maintain your clients and their journey with you, you know, and then how to develop team members so that you can grow, you know, because you can't do it all your on your own. So that's what passion to profit. Um, that's what passion to profit is. And in that space, we are helping women entrepreneurs um, gain that confidence so that they are generating wealth through their businesses. Right. Right. I love yeah. that. I love that. You know, it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, we, as I said, at the beginning of this podcast, we're still seeing such a huge gender parity in business. Yes. Um, you know, we think it feels like in the day to day that we've really made a lot of strides and we have, mm-hmm. um, but we still have a really long way to go. You know, you and I were looking at the global, uh, the world economic forums, they do, um, research based on yes. the economy in our world. And so their most recent report, which was published in June of 2023 said that we only have 68.6% gender parity in the world wow. right now. and. Yeah. I kind of always assumed that the United States was leading that, right? But we're, right. we're not in the top 10, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, right. not even in the top 10. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> what are some of the things that, that that we can do as leaders in the accounting space, you know, to help that next generation and to help women take control over our finances and and, and start to really push the needle you know, a little bit further? You know, I always think about the way we can help. Um, One is through mentorship, through um, creating safe spaces for women to have these conversations. Um, So that's where I think we should start. Uh, But also just as women professionals, we need to understand what the actual standard is. Because sometimes I think we just don't know. So we accept salaries because we cower down and mm-hmm. not not push the envelope. So even as the leader of a small business, in your offers to your new clients, you know, we're discounting. Why? Why do we? Because you're an expert at what you do. We don't need to do that. You know, so just stand firm in in that. Um, and maybe you just have the wrong like client in front of you. But in in this industry, I think that uh, we we need to make a safe space for our younger counterparts so that we can bring them along with us and teach them the lessons that we have learned. Um, I think that's that's one place we can start. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that you just said about, you know, being a mother and the fact that we're setting the example for our children and you mentioned our daughters, right? Mm -hmm. That we set the example for our daughters, but being the mother of a son, and I know you also have a son. Mm -hmm. uh, One of the things that I think is super important and we kind of don't really bring to the forefront is the impact that strong women, you know, female leadership within a household, actually the impact that it has on our son. 
Yeah. Right? So my son, who's 19, is, I want to say he is ferociously <laughs> um, an ally to women yes. and have been since a very young age because he's seen me as a business owner um, and, you know, a, a leader in the accounting space, seen what I've gone through, what I've done. And he's also seen how ferociously I have empowered my daughter. So we have three daughters mm-hmm. and we have one son. And so just by through that example of teaching our daughters, my husband mm-hmm. and I, my son has learned through that. And it's it's amazing. It's amazing to see how how much that is part of who he is. So I don't think it's it's not just focusing on the daughters, but also no. you know, teaching our sons that this is the way it should, this is what you know um, it should look like. Exactly. And in your household, like as as we're going about our day-to-day activities in our household as a woman entrepreneur, you know, the we are teaching our children, our sons and our daughters how to navigate um, difficult conversations. They overhear us on our sales calls. You know, they are gleaning from us, even though we're not telling them. The other thing in our space, especially nowadays where we're working from home, right? You know, they, they can, the children are in the home. They can see the support of our, our spouse or our partner as we are leaders in the business and they can see how we take those values that we have as a person and impart them on our clients, our team members, our audience at large. And they're seeing this without us actually telling them. So they So my son is 29 now, and he is a phenomenal supporter of women, you know, because his mom has been a leader his whole life. And he's probably one of my biggest fans because he was like, mom, I just love how you, how you care about people. And, you know, what you do is not transactional. It is transformative. Like you're really trying to impact people when you're working with them. And he sees that. I never told him that, but he's seen that over the years, you know? So as women leaders, we are doing that and the children are picking it up by osmosis, really, right? (laughs) you know? Right. (laughs) Yeah. So definitely leading by example. And I think having those conversations with our kids, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, being a business owner, you know, man or woman or whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's so hard. Um, It's not just showing up for work every day and doing your job. It's handling so much more than that because you are really driving everything about what you do. You're supporting families Mm -hmm. uh, beyond your own. So having those conversations about the decisions that you're making and how it impacts your life, there's so much to learn. um, You know, for, for, for our, our kids and, and their friends too. Right. And so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. So <clears throat> when we're thinking about leadership in firms, um, we've seen the needle move a little bit. I actually there was a, a study that I was looking at um, from the uh, 
the Illinois CPA Society, and they were talking about how there actually has been a significant increase in leadership within CPA firms. So when they looked at recent numbers, um, they had, a th- uh, and I believe this study was done back in, well, it was in 2022, that 39% of, of, of leadership partnership positions at US CPA firms, um, 39% are held by women. Okay. Yes. And that, that's still small, right? That's, that's tiny considering that women make up 46% of the employees. Exactly. We only have 39%, but two years earlier, it was only 23%. That's mm-hmm. a huge increase. I mean, that's, I think that's a huge win. And you had actually mentioned to me um, before we, we jumped on uh, the podcast recording that you feel like the pandemic had a lot to do with that. Can you talk a little bit about that? I do. I do feel like the pandemic had a lot to do with it um, because women, we have this thing that we have to do all the time and we have to balance our work life and our home life. And during the pandemic, we were put in the situation where we've all wanted for years. Like, I want to be with my children, but I also want to make an impact on my work. And we had this unique opportunity where we were all at home together, you know, and our productivity did not fail because our children were home. We were homeschooling, you know, and doing our work. So we were able to balance. And I think when women are giving that opportunity, they can rise and shine because I don't know, you know, multitasking is not really the word I want to say, but we can harmonize our life. Mm -hmm. We can harmonize our life. Whereas maybe our counterparts didn't know how to navigate that as well. So we rose to the occasion during the pandemic and our employers saw the benefit of that. So therefore women have been rewarded since then with opportunity. That's what I think. I don't know. What's your opinion? <laughs> I, I I agree with you 100%. So my my latest firm, Saturday Accounting Services, um, we we were primarily women. There were seven of us. Um, we had one, one uh, man on our team. And we, my philosophy was you need to have that harmonization of family yeah. and work. And it benefits everyone. It benefits the clients. It benefits the team members. It benefits the family. And so we very oftentimes would have meetings and there would be littles jumping into our meetings to say hi. Um, That was our culture. And that was by design, was Mm -hmm. to create a safe place where working moms um, and working dads, working parents really um, didn't have to separate that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to say there weren't challenges because there definitely were challenges to that. And I think that you definitely have to be really careful about the guardrails that you, that you set up in a working environment like that to make sure that your team members are able to stay on task and have the resources um, that they need right. to really be effective at their job and also be effective at being a parent. Um, but right. what it did is it allowed the team to bring a hundred percent of themselves mm-hmm. to work. And it also created this incredible community where everybody understood what everybody else had going on in their lives. 
And so it was incredibly supportive. So we, we had kids showing up to client meetings, believe it or not, where a kid would pop in and that was our culture. So when we had new clients coming on board, we didn't hide that. That was right. who we were. Yeah. And I think when you, you know, at the beginning, you were talking about the importance of vision, mission, and purpose, making a change in how we, you know, making a change in our industry, in our society, making, you know, finding that gender parity really does mean that we have to change the expectations in business in exactly. order to create what will work for a working parent. Yes. Yes. And it's for both parents, you know, not, not just the women, but, you know, we are, we are the leaders in small business and we are the ones that can make, start making the change, you know, Mm -hmm. to close that parity gap. It's, it's us. It's our, like, we get to define what our, which is why I love being a, a business owner. We get to say, what the culture is. We get to accept the expectations for clients and the team, right? And I I just love that about business, being a business owner. Oh, me too. Now I'm going to, I'm just going to point to the elephant in the room. Mm -hmm. And that is that we still see among business owners that women typically and there was a study done by FreshBooks back in, this is a little bit dated information. I'd love to see updated information, FreshBooks, so you should do this study again. Um, But back when they did this study, uh, I think it was in 2020, so right before the pandemic, they found that women entrepreneurs typically charge 28% less than their entrepreneur counterparts. So women business owners you know, they're in charge of setting the rates, right? Mm-hmm. For their business, we're charging yeah. 28% less on average than their male counterparts um, in business. So I think that one of the things we really need to focus on, as you said, is instilling that confidence, right? Yeah. I've, mm-hmm. I've started and sold two accounting firms um, in my career. And I remember when I sold the first one, the first thing the partners wanted to do as soon as they acquired me was raise the rates. We're like, we don't know how you were even surviving yeah. <laughs> on these rates. And at the time I was charging what I thought I was worth. And right. it was a huge eye opener that, oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. we don't value our what we can do. We look at right. we because, and I think because we were raised in a, you know, we were raised in a society that had an even larger gender parity that yeah. we ended up doing that to ourselves just by what we were used to. Because we've been conditioned that way, right? Yeah. You know, so a lot of times when I'm talking to women business owners, you know, and they tell me what what they're comfortable with charging, I'm like at 22%. And they're like, why 22%? Just because. We know that we're not charging enough. So just arbitrarily at 22%, yes, because in your mind, you think you're charging the right price, but actually you're still undercharging. You know, so then we have to talk about how do we then communicate that value because we're not comfortable with that. That's why I want to help in improve the confidence 
of women business owners, you know, and sometimes you got to take an arbitrary number to instill the confidence, but teach them how to translate what that value is of that, you know, and it's a challenge. Yeah. And I'm giving you some statistics. We need to bump that 22% to 28%. We need to be 20. So I'm, I'm underdoing it, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And then when you look at that number, it's scary for them. It's scary. It's scary for me. Like, oh my God, am I going to lose a client? Well, here, I'm here to say it to everybody that's listening, all of you out there, you're worth it. You're You're worth worth it. it. You're worth it and you deserve it and your team deserves it and your clients should be paying what you're worth. So Exactly. And one of the questions I tend to, uh, you know, when people ask about the rate, you know, why, why do you think it should be that rate? I'm like, well, how long did you think it took me to get this knowledge? Mm-hmm. It took me 25 or 30 years, right? Of education and training and experience. So therefore, you know, that's why the rate is what it is because of the past experiences and education. Absolutely. And and my yeah. guess is that you probably had to work just a little bit harder yep. to get the same results or the same compensation, right, as, yep. as your male counterparts. Absolutely. So as of 2022, um, and this is from a uh, an article from Writer's Block Live, which is a blog, um, that there are 114% more female entrepreneurs in the U.S. today than 20 years ago. And that, that makes perfect sense, right? Yeah. Um, there are 12.3 million women owned businesses in the U S and 90.3% of women hold micro businesses more frequently than 82.3% of men. And I want to talk about that because micro business is considered a business that has not yet reached that $100,000 threshold of revenue, which actually your passion to profit is geared towards helping them to kind of break that ceiling of a hundred thousand dollars. It is. Yeah. So how do we, I mean, we talked about that, you know, bumping the 28% is a huge, I mean, that's, I think everybody should do that. Whatever you're charging, give yourself a, and, and I, and I've done that. I've done that back in, you know, I did that back in, I think 2008, I -hmm. had to do it out of necessity because I was losing money in my accounting, you know, my bookkeeping. Right. And, um, I did not, not only did I not lose any clients and I, I went, I think I did a 38% increase. I want to say it was 38%. Not only did I not have any clients leave, I didn't have any clients question the increase. Because they knew they were underpaying. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) You know, when your client comes to you and tells you, yeah, I I was kind of expecting an increase because yeah, yeah, yeah. Your client shouldn't come to you and tell you that, but I've had that experience. <laughs> right. So even yeah. though I'm here telling you this, I still experience that, you know? Well, I mean, these 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 beliefs that we have from yeah. you know, our whole lives, right? They're hard to break. They're they hard are. to change that narrative. And it's up yeah. to us to do actionable things to really change that first within ourselves and then in, you know, in our community, like to help push the needle for those that are gonna come you know, after, after us. 
Another yeah. really interesting statistic, and um, again, it was from the same study, but I just thought this was amazing to me, was that between 1997 and 2016, the percentage of minority women business owners mm-hmm. increased by 518%, which Crazy. is amazing. Wow. Right. Right. 518% so is the fastest growing segment of new entrepreneurs. And they are literally making so little money. Like my heart just goes out and I really do want to help. But, you know, it's a mindset shift or, but that's what passion to profit is for, right? Right. It's for them to get that knowledge. Absolutely. Yeah, it's so, what can we do? So what can we do in the industry um, to help these women? And, and, and really, anyway, I mean, we were focusing on women in this conversation, so we'll, we'll leave it there. But how do, what, do we, what can we do in our industry to help them gain that confidence, to see their value and to actually move the needle and help them to achieve, and, and not only just achieve, but demand yes. representation, right? Yeah. Because I think that's I think, the, the key of that, right? Is yeah. that when you see others that are are, are doing what you want to do, it makes it, it empowers you to go out and, and move the needle for yourself. Exactly. So that's exactly what I was going to say. As leaders, we need to show up and tell the story. We need to show up and tell our story because other people can see themselves in our story. And then just being available to sh- to mentor and share the knowledge. Like no one is stealing from you if you just give them the nuggets that they need to just kickstart where they are. But some people really need to see an example. And if we as leaders are not stepping into our leadership role and showing the example, then they have nothing to model. So right. we need to we need to show up. I love that. And I could yeah. not agree more. And we are seeing people show up, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that I've, you know, we hear a lot about mantles, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a panel that is all men. Yes. And that's something that, you know, my my colleagues and I have had conversations about. And, you know, it, it's pretty common still. It's getting better. Yes. But the way that that gets better is by using your voice, right? Yes. Using your voice. And so calling it out and saying, you know, mm-hmm. are there is, you know, this is a great topic. Are you able to find, you know, a, di- a woman and diverse voice to join this, this panel right? to help make sure that everybody is represented because that is super important. And so important. I've seen that, you know, those, those, you know, people call that out on social media, offering mm-hmm. to be on the panel is a great idea. And that's, yeah. It's such a great idea. And people don't think about the fact that if they just ask the question, they could, they, they will likely get what they want. That was one of my big learnings in my life was, you know, I remember somebody, a mentor telling me, they're like, well, ask for it. I'm like, what do you ask for? Ask for what you want. Right. (laughs) And we're afraid to just ask, or we forget to just ask. And I think it's a fear of rejection. 
Well, if they say no, somehow them saying no to me is going to determine my own self-worth. And we need to understand that that's not the case at all. Yeah. Um, But if you don't ask for the opportunity, there's a pretty high probability that you're not going to get it. It's always going to be no. You will always get a no. But if you don't ask, that's right. If you don't ask. But if you ask, you have a 50-50 shot. Right. Of so there was getting a great, accepted, right? Yes, yes. Yes. There was a great article that I found on LinkedIn where they were talking about mantles and the things mm-hmm. that both women and men can do to help put, push the needle on that. So I wanted to share those because I think this is really awesome. And I think you know our listeners will definitely benefit from him. So what men can do um, mm-hmm. is decline to participate in an all-male panel and- mm-hmm recommend that they diversify, that they invite women um, to that panel. Um, So propose women panelists. Uh, If you're in an organizing, if you're in a role where you are organizing it, make sure that you're, that you are not (laughs) creating panels. And, uh, and then, you know, if you do end up in a mantle, they say, get up and walk out. Yeah. Which is a pretty strong message. It is. Um, you know, and that, that's, you know, that's being bold. That's right? very bold. That's so very bold. we go. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, um, and at a minimum, apologize with sincerity, sincerity if you're on a mantle to the audience publicly saying, you know, mm-hmm. apologize for the fact that we have a lack of representation on this panel. Mm-hmm. Um you know, just acknowledging it. And and I think these are all very uncomfortable things to do, but that's how change is made. Yeah. Right. Um, And then for women, step up, don't decline. You get invited to a panel, you have something to give. Somebody's not going to ask you to be on a panel if you don't have something to contribute to it. So do it. It it is, I mean, the first panel I did, I was so ill Michelle the night before <laughs> I was so I was leading the panel uh but I was so nervous and I lived through it and the thing that helped me as I said this is it was a 20 minute panel I'm like this is 20 minutes out of my life I'm just mm-hmm. going to be honest and at the end of the 20 minutes it'll be over mm-hmm. and that was how I was able to get myself into that frame of mind um yeah if but also on- if we if we think about it's not about me Right. It is not okay. about me. It's about the impact that you're having because you're on the panel. So step outside of your comfort zone. This introvert right here, Michelle, <laughs> like step outside of your comfort zone because the impact that you're going to have because you have used your voice is more powerful than you crouching back into your comfort zone and not saying yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. I just I'm got talking chills. to myself. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is an act of courage. It is mm-hmm. absolutely hundred percent an act of courage to put yourself out there and it's terrifying, but it's also incredibly rewarding yes. and it's necessary. We do yes. need to do that. Yeah. So you had talked about mentorship and I think that that also is something that's really important. Um, mm-hmm. and that also is something that doesn't just happen overnight. You have to make no. yourself available. 
So mm-hmm. what suggestions can you make to both to mentors, because I think that's super important, but mm-hmm. also to mentees, you know, yeah. I think what, what, what can they do? What can they do to help find the guidance and provide the guidance that we need? Yeah. So to mentees, if you see someone that you admire, reach out to them because they don't know that you admire them, right? Um, And it's just a conversation. Either way, mentor or mentee, um, don't be afraid to develop a relationship. And, you know, some of my greatest teachings or greatest thoughts have come from just informing or educating a younger woman. Like my hairdresser is like, she's like, I love when you sit in my chair because you mentor me and I take those nuggets and use them in my life. That wasn't my intent, but that's what she did. You know, so you can mentor anywhere to a younger person. You just have to be open to sharing your story again, you know, with other people and not being afraid to do that as a mentor. So mentees have the courage to reach out. Mentors, share your story, share your life experiences because it matters. It does. Make the time. Yeah. Make, Make the, the time. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get, you know, several times, several, I would say probably a dozen or so times every year, I'll have someone reach out to me on Facebook or LinkedIn mm-hmm. asking to pick my brain. Right. Yep. And I try to always say yes. Mm-hmm. Always say yes. Always make the time because someone made the time for me and that's how yep. change is made. So always yep. giving that opportunity. And um, I think that's just so incredibly important. Yeah. Well, Michelle, I just love what you're doing. I love your program. I love, oh. I'm excited that you're going to be speaking at Me Scaling New Heights this June. So um, really, really excited for that. Um, everybody definitely plan to attend Michelle's session. Um, can you yeah. tell us a little bit about your session before we, before we end? Yes. So my session is about um, boldly step away as the leader to boldly step away and have courage with your delegation to your team. Um, In my experience, this is what my talk is going to be about, is my my experience in doing this. You know, how do you let your business be run by your team members? And, you know, it's to boldly step away because when I step away, I can think, clearly. I can have creative ideas. I'm not bogged down in the minutia of the day-to-day delivery to the clients. And guess what? My clients are okay with that. I love that. You know, the other thing that you're doing is you're empowering your team. Yes. Because you're yes. stepping to the side to give them the opportunity to, to elevate and, yes. and step into a new... Yeah, I love that. And that is the hardest, having been a business owner... That is one of the hardest things to do is that trust, that relinquishing the control that's in your mind that only I can do that. Um, So I love that. That's going to be an amazing session. So Michelle, thank you so much for for our chat today. This has been fantastic. And I can't wait to see you shine uh, in Orlando in June. 
And uh, any parting words for every uh, for our listeners today? You know, uh, my parting words would be not just for women, but anyone in leadership. You get to set the compass and the course and the culture of your own organization because change starts with you. And if this topic is important to you, you will make the steps to make the change because you have a greater impact. Oh my gosh, I love that. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time on the Woodard Report podcast. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us. For more information, please visit woodard.com slash podcast.